what we do here is go back, 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 back. Go, go, go. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yes, first down. Go, 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 go. Get on the ball. Go on the ball. Like that. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And joining us today, back at it again, Mel Dreamy. Before I kick it over to Andy on the rundown, Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, feels like it's been a whole off season since we last spoke. Just about, yes. Yeah, it, it's um, it's it's really great to have you on, man. I mean, I, th- I think. It, it feels right when we when we all sit here and, and just talk, even though it's just a couple of screens looking at each other. But really, we're just we're getting into Raider Raider Town right now. It's it's time that we get into the training camp as we um, previewed last week. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on, and we have our first football game tomorrow, fellas. So the NFL is upon us, and that's very exciting. So um, we're going to touch on a couple of different things that are Raiders training camp related, and then you know there's a good chunk of that um, in itself, but then. We're going to close off with a little bit of an exercise at the end um, that does a that does bring in Dan to this conversation, which I think is going to be very good. And, and we're going to we're going to, we're going to do our thing. So, you know, training camp started last week um, and and we have some things that are coming out. And I know it was a lot of uh, kind of uh, air practices um, finally put the pads on this week, um, but some good things that are coming out early on. So we'll start with the wide receiver group. Um, we have rugs, Renfro and Edwards. They're making some big names not some big names, some big noise, good noise, some would say, um, with the DC connection. Um, any feelings, and I know it's, it's kind of early on, but any initial thoughts on kind of what you've seen from Ruggs, from Renfro, um, and Edwards um, early on in this training camp? No, I think that the I think the receiver group is getting off to a hot start um, from what it seems. A lot, of, a lot of word coming out that Edwards, Ruggs, getting on a good rapport with DC, coming out hot showing up and, and kind of proving that they're, they've got more than, you know, what we saw in the rookie year and whatnot. So they're really, people are saying they're really out to prove themselves, um, prove what they can do. Edwards went a little viral today with a big catch down the sideline. I think it was Keyshawn Nixon that he toasted. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but right. um, you know, some good, good videos coming out Renfro. I think uh, a little double move on, I think it was, uh, Arnett uh, for, for a tug. So a lot of, a lot of good videos coming out that like him from the wide receiver group, but you know, I think it's, we're going to see, we got two young guys that are want, you know, needing to kind of progress and, and jump into a bigger role and, you know, training camps, training camp, a lot of good, a lot of good buzz comes out of it, but see if it translates. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty easy when, when it's just, uh, when it's just shells, but Dan, this is actually something for you. Um, we didn't really have uh, we've we've exchanged texts and and conversations about Leatherwood, but what did you think about kind of the Raiders taking him at I believe it was nineteen, right? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yep. Nineteen was our net. Eleven. Nineteen. Yep. RP. Any thoughts on on Leatherwood? I know he's getting some high praise in, in camp, but but any thoughts on on that pick overall? If he's one of them guys that just brings his lunch pail and comes to work and does it professionally and then I'm all for it. it. I don't care about the flashy name. I, you know, like we said after the draft, you know, uh, Colton Miller wasn't a fan favorite pick, but look at him now. He's getting extended and they seem to get guys that uh, just want to come in and put in work. And uh, if that's who he is, then I'm happy with that pick. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think that's, that's been one of the biggest things that came out of camp is that he's, he's taken the off season program very seriously and, and kind of how he goes about his business. And he's been slotted at the um, first team right tackle spot um, early on. So that's good news. Um, Colt Miller, especially like you mentioned with getting extended is, has been big, but also like even keeping him at the, at the left tackle, he was someone that came out as an athlete. Um, so there would be concern if, if they moved him to guard or what have you, but he's actually been solidified there. So having those two um, bookends at tackles has been, has been positive for us. So some other news that, that came out was uh, Tanner Muse. We, we took him out of Clemson, and that was the big kind of joke of uh, Mayock taking all Bama and Clemson guys. And then 
Um, he went on IR and was out the whole year, but he came back actually in pretty good shape. And he's been our uh, outside backer, weak side backer on our um, our, our four three um, kind of first team there. So he's been he's been there. Trayvon Mulrig has been there. I, I as, as you guys know, I'm pretty big on him, and so I'm not not surprised. But um, any any thoughts on on Tanner Muse kind of starting there, and then also with Littleton? I mean, really. If, if you go from four three, or even if you roll a nickel in there, it kind of kicks out one of either Littleton or Kwiatkowski. So, Mike, any thoughts on Muse kind of taking the, those first team reps? I'm really excited about it because I, well, two reasons. One, he wears number fifty five, which is my football jersey. Got to rock anybody. Got to rep anybody that rocks that number. Um, I was really excited when they drafted him, just because he, you know, they kind of he was a safety that they said was going to move up and be kind of like coverage linebacker, outside linebacker. So I was really excited to see how that worked because the biggest thing we've always had issues with is being able to cover from the linebacker position, whether it's tight ends, running backs, whatever. So I was excited to see if he developed into that role, what that was actually going to look like. Obviously, we didn't get to. So excited. Uh, hopefully, he can come into his own and, and you know provide something there. That injury set him back, obviously, but I think that – it's going to be exciting to watch him get out there, get plays, whether he continues to get those first team reps or not, we shall see. But I'm excited because it's just something new, you know, and it's been tons of talk of like already, like it was a bad draft pick, but we haven't seen what he's been able to do. So I heard uh, Gruden's press conference and they asked about him and he kind of just said, uh, you know, he's our he's on the first team in base and how often do we run base? So right. I think he was trying to squelch it a little bit. Yeah. It, it's kind of how it goes with, with the young guys in Gruden, but I do think that it at least says something for him and his development. And Micah, I mean, at least here's something that you could do is just because you had the seal more ju- Jersey and then you could just yeah. remove the, you know, that and just put the nameplate at 55 and um, Tanner Muse. So, so you're all good. Um, Trayvon Morig though is actually it's it's good to see someone that has actually you know has transferred from his college experience over to our our you know our first team defense so that that's good to see but another another thing that has really stood out is is really the tandem of Mad Max and and Yannick Ngakwe so obviously we that was our biggest uh, you know expenditure in, in free agency was Ngakwe and so Dan any thoughts about well I guess here here's actually the question I'm, I'm going to double this a little bit where you have Clee Farrell. Right. So we took him fourth overall. And then you have Max Crosby. Obviously, things have transitioned into itself. So do you think that the the impact of of Yannick coming in and, and Cleese kind of sliding into his own is, is actually just natural football movement? Or do you think that the Raiders are kind of just compensating for for where Cleese at and just trying to put him in a position to succeed? It could be both, but just getting your overall NFL knowledge and, and football knowledge there. I think that they love Clee. Mm-hmm. I, I think they probably wish he was a little bit more on the edge, but they always bring up how good he can play uh, inside. So, you know, that's what we'll see out of Clee is on passing situations. He'll move inside and we'll have our third D end out there, pass rushing. But Matt, Mad Max uh, Crosby, he's, he's the edge rusher, and now we have it in Ngakwe as well. So um, maybe running situations, uh, you see Clee out there because he's a little more stout against the run, maybe setting the edge. But with all this depth, they're able to do so much more. Um, and going back to the safeties, I mean, you got Merrick or Moore, however you say his name, he can play center field. You got Abrams who can play up. You got Carl Josephs back there now. You can play all types with that kind of depth. And our DNs, um, and our D-line, we have that kind of depth that you can just mix and match to uh, suit your needs, which we haven't really had that a whole lot through the years. So I'm excited to watch this defense play. Yeah, it, it's funny because, you know, it's, it's a bad defense, right? Like coming from last year to this year. And then now it's even though I, I agree with everything you're saying, it's like it's funny to look at and say, well, we actually have the ability to move clean inside or we can take someone like Carl Joseph and use him as a center fielder and then move more again, you know, Abrams around. So uh, it's just interesting that, that this has become kind of like a, I don't know where, where it's like the, the good teams would get the praise, right? Like the good defenses would get the praise of like, wow, look, you know, now they can have Klee kind of move in here and things like that. And now it's, you're just like, Oh, the Raiders are just optimistic and, and we'll see how it goes, you know, but 
I, I agree with you in that sense where it's, it's something that we should look forward to and, and just really having the depth and versatility to, to, to move guys around, which really falls into Gus Bradley's scheme. So it's just weird that like we have depth at positions. We're not used to having depth at. So it's like, where's this guy going to play? Where's that guy going to play? It's like, it doesn't necessarily matter. Like just mix and match it, you know, put out the best players you can put out there. And it's shitty, obviously that you're talking about putting a fourth overall draft pick as second stringer or whatever, but it's like, we got talent, get out there and just use it. It doesn't matter who's playing where, as long as we get results. Well, yeah. And I think that we used to just like stretch, stretch people and say like, Hey, we can use you here. And instead it's like, you play your role and we also have this person. So Yannick, you go get the quarterback we need someone like Dan mentioned to set the edge, put Clee out there. He can play the he can play the edge and set the you know set the edge on the run. So um, it's it's interesting that we actually have guys that fit the scheme and, and also Gus Bradley will move and shake um, these chess pieces around. So well, one of those was actually I mentioned is it, kind of Clee running with the second team, but I think we all feel um, similarly there. So something that we should note is um, you know we did just sign um, Gerard McCoy, Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy. I mean, is, is Gerald. Gerald. And number, I mean, he was like number three overall pick for the Bucks um, back in the day. So he was someone that has made a ton of Pro Bowls. He had the quad injury um, when he signed with the, the Cowboy or the Panthers, one of the two. I get it kind of mixed up, but he signed with one of them and then ended up getting, because in his contract, there's an injury designation. He ended up getting cut and they didn't have to pay him. So we actually signed him as of a couple hours ago. So very exciting for us, but that does kind of lean into um, one of our other acquisitions, which is Solomon Thomas, who we wanted to play kind of that nose tackle. And, and we got rid of Maurice Hurst and, and he was someone that gave us some interior pressure. So what do you, what do you guys think about kind of the impact that McCoy can bring? And, and also what does that say for, for Thomas kind of how he looks and, and fits in our, our defense scheme? It's just more depth and more camp competition. You know, whoever wants to come in and impress the most with their hard work, they'll win the job. And so you used to have all these guys and we'd get attached to them and be like, oh, you know, Maurice Hurst or, or Jelly, you know, these guys. And because <laughs> you liked them because we're the ones that drafted them. Vander does. But we finally like, oh, we got some big names in our in our rotation now. And it's like, oh, these are going to be hard decisions. Hmm. And it's just going to be which one fits better with what Gus Bradley wants to do. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It just more brings more competition in there. I think by all accounts, he's been really good in his years. I think he's had like five plus sacks on the interior in, I think he's been in the league eight years. So most of those eight years. So even if we get, you know what I mean? Like half of that production, it's still better production than we've seen in a long time. So apparently it went really well. They were really impressed with his workout. And hopefully that translates into, either some type of starting position or, or some uh, heavy rotation of, you know, someone that's just been dominant before. So like I said, just great competition. It'll be fun to see, you know, once again, a spot we never really had depth in. We've kind of starting to pick some depth up. I guess Solomon Thomas, they said he was a little too big or a little too small to play a consistent three tech. So that will be interesting because then that essentially just kind of puts him in as either pass rushing options or rotates him in at the DN position, which is right. kind of a little funky. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Just one of those things is like you can't have too much talent, I guess, and we'll just mix and match with whatever fits. So, yeah, I mean, and and with Thomas, um, you know, he came from that Stanford system, which was a traditional four three, but even it was in college too. So he he was a lean. Um, D end, and then he went to the Niners who ran that, that base three, four. So he could actually stretch out as that D tackle. Right. And so it's like how he fits in our system is, I don't, I don't think it's that much of a concern, but to what you and Dan are saying, it just gives us depth and really like the Raiders don't do that. Like they don't like you, you see all these big names that come out and, and even like, basically what I'm trying to say is like the best teams will take a gamble on, on someone that is coming off an injury and just say, Hey, here's the vet, not even the vet minimum or, or whatever. Like they'll give them a little bit of extra juice and they just say, Hey, what can you do? Can you perform at that level? It's the same thing about like in baseball or, or whatever, taking a, a gamble on someone who is a five-star player, you know, and just say, Hey, what can you do for us now? And then, and then you cut them. So to your guys' point, I think is it's, it's excellent that we could actually just do that add depth and whatever he is, is we're not holding on to it and, and saying it's, it's the end all be all. So 
And the Raiders defensive line is turning in into the Falcons offense with the amount of first round picks that we got lined across. <laughs> exactly. There, so. exactly. So it, it's Clemson, Alabama and first round picks. So yeah. we'll stand on that hill. Certainly. So um, one thing I, I, I did want to met or I guess bring up is that there's been a lot of things with um, throughout the NFL with um, Carson Wentz going down. He's on the Colts now. Philip Rivers has retired. And then um, with Wentz getting injured, there's been some things about, uh, you know, maybe Mariota gets shipped out to Indianapolis, things like that. But um, on the contrary, we've actually seen DC come out and, and also some rumblings throughout camp that we're inserting certain packages with Mariota. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, on what, do you, what do you think that the best combination, if we did incorporate Mariota, which we did see some flashes in that Charger game um, when he stepped in last year, but what do you think is the best way to incorporate Mariota to where, how do I say it's the best way, where it doesn't necessarily uh, overcompensate for um, DC's limited, not limitedness, right? But, but how, how do you think that balances out, I guess, throughout the year? And what do you see, think is the best, the best situation for bringing him into our offense, I guess? Well, I'd say that I sure am happy that he's our second string quarterback. Um, when you got him on the bench, you still feel like you got a chance. Mm. I did not like when they would give, okay, uh, Jacobs, you're out, and our running back last year who has moved on. Booker. Uh, Booker from Utah. Okay, here's yours, and this is your series. And it's like, I would rather you just mix in plays here and there. And I think I would rather that with Mariota. Maybe we got a, you know, third and four situation like, oh, let's, oh, Mariota's coming off the sideline. And now the defense is like, oh gosh, what are we going to do? We, we have to, time, we got to use a timeout. We got to use a timeout. I, I, I know you want to get your quarterback in a rhythm, but I think that maybe you give them a series in the third quarter, maybe, but in the first half, you possibly just mix them in on some plays where that you have designated form in some certain situations. That's how I'd like to see him used. Yeah. I think that this kind of goes back to our banter of Gruden kind of being predictable. Um, I think that this is a really good chance of kind of bringing in some unpredictability in it. To your point, Dan, that would be fantastic if they had ways of mixing him in. The crappy part would be is if they kind of limited him to a smaller section to where it was like, oh, Mariota's come in. You kind of know what's coming. You know, you know what to expect. If they had a situation where it's like, okay, Mariota's got a good chunk of the playbook where we can kind of run anything with him, but it's not like, okay, he's coming in. So, you know, he's going to run it. You know what I mean? Like, like when teams get into a wildcat, you know, it's like, you know, that guy's not going to throw it. You know, it's going to be a run every single time. The predictability, the unpredictability of bringing him in is what I'd like to see with it. If, you know, him being able to do a large amount of things. We saw him come in when DC got hurt and you could tell that the playbook was very limited. Um, And that's, you know, I guess to be expected from someone who's not getting first team reps all the time, but they can kind of figure out how to bring Mariota in and do the things that he does well, but also still be able to incorporate a lot of, you know, some of the things that they see when DC's out there, as far as looks and stuff, I think that will help keep the, predictability at a minimum because nothing would be worse than bringing Mariota in to try to mix things up and then still just like things getting figured out and you know and be like understanding what's going on and like it's not really doing anything so I like the idea of having a package for him as long as it's not predictable yeah and and I'm I'm not trying to disagree with you too much here but I I do think that if you take in the context of, of when he got brought in it was the midway through the second or, or the third quarter of a, of a game that he wasn't even really prepared for. And so yeah. um, not to mention, we brought him in the off season. So I think his retention of, of our system is, is going to be to, to your point in a sense, like he's going to bring this level of knowledge that he can run any play within limits. Right. So yeah. I'm not saying it's not that. that t- no, no, yeah. 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 But, yeah. but I, I, I was just thinking when I heard this, I was like, okay, well you think of who else has this, right. So you're like, okay, there's the Taysom Hill. Right. Where the dude was either running a power like Tim Tebow at Florida, or he was just like trying to throw it as far as possible. Right. So I think Mariota can offer some, some different things. And, and to my knowledge, like with the rules as they are, it's like, there's not, he, he has an eligible number. So you can put him out there even, you know, like dancing where you put him out there and he has him at the slot. 
and they could just call timeout and, or whatever, like any, anything that to incorporate him to cause confusion to your first point, which was like, we just want to see it mix it up. I think it's going to be an added benefit, but how we do that, you know, like you guys are saying, I think is, is going to be more so telling than, than anything else. So it's just, it's just interesting because I, I think that DC is finally at a point with the control of the offense and, and the confidence and all these different things that he's going to be able to go out and, and not be bothered by something that would um, incorporate, I guess. So, which Raiders Twitter will very much be bothered by. Correct. Yeah. The other. And, and that is, I don't want to be here for that, but. Well, I've, I have a pretty good handle on Twitter. So yeah. I'll, I'll let you know how, <laughs> how that, how that goes. Um, but no, I think, I think it's like, I don't know. It, it's maybe, maybe it's, it's, it is August 4th. Right. So it's like, maybe I'm just like, man, we have so much depth on defense and man, we can just do all these different things. And these wide receivers are, are coming into their own, the second year guys, and it also run for a third year. So maybe there's too much optimism, but it's, I'm just going to, I'll hold on to that guys until like the first play probably of in September and just be like, nah, I'm good. Which actually is, um, well, no, do you guys have any thoughts? Sorry, this, this was on there that I didn't even bring up, but any thoughts on, on the retirements that are happening? I'm, I know there's not specific reasons around it, but Sam Young, theoretic, um, James on Walu, who is probably, a, you know, on special teams at some point, but any, any thoughts on retirement? Cause I know it's going throughout the NFL. You know, if these things are happening. I would imagine it's mostly based on um, demands of, of NFL players having COVID vaccines, things like that. So um, we are not a political podcast, but if, if you guys have any thoughts in general, feel free to speak freely. Well, retirement is a personal thing. You know, a team can't force you to retire. So that's on them. And with the COVID protocols, I know people feel strongly about those things. If they felt like they can still play, they would ask to be released. So I don't think it's a team issue. So it's a personal choice. Maybe they see where they're at on the depth chart or something. And they're like, and putting all this extra COVID work in that they have to do every day and uh, held to strict guidelines where you get in trouble if you can't even hang out with your buddies from the team. Right. Maybe they're just like, I'm over it. Yeah. It, I think what's interesting is that like, there's the, of our three that we have and, and also some throughout the, the NFL, they're, they're really kind of at that medium point of, of their NFL career and also have the ability to make a team roster. But as you mentioned, like the, the things they're going to have to go through may not be worth it where they could just stay ready and, and, and work out and, and, and let things pass by towards it's just like retirement right now. And then they're going to come back into the NFL. Cause there's some guys that are five, six years in that are just saying, no, I'm good. And then it's a, it could just be one of those years where we just see just kind of pass by and they um, resurface. What doesn't help this whole situation uh, in, in the sense of like, you know, why did they retire? What's going on with it is the fact that the, the Raiders had two like front office people leave and then on top of a uh, the running backs coach, right? I believe Jones. Yeah. So that is like I've seen nothing but kind of what's wrong with the Raiders? What's the problem? Like why why are people just jumping ship now? Type of thing. So I do think that the players stuff probably has a lot to do with everything that you guys are talking about. I think that's very untimely that there are some people within the coaching and front office that have left as well when it comes to just kind of, you know, the Raiders being the problem or whatever it is, you know, because a lot of, I think just about all of them are pretty unknown as far as the exact reason people left, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, we'll just have to see how it shakes out, I guess. But why at the beginning of the season, they had the whole off season to make that choice if they didn't like what was going yeah. on yeah. with the Raiders. Yeah. From the, from the front office, I think it's interesting and and I don't, I don't know the reasons. Um, I don't know if you guys do, but um, I think it's hard to tell, but it, to, to your point where it's like you had from when do you start planning guys, right? Like March till, till now, right. It's like to, to do that last week, July, first week, of August is, is a little interesting, but maybe they couldn't get into where Mark Davis gets his haircut and they're pissed off and they're like going to go somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, they didn't have window view from the PF Changs like he did. Right. There could be a lot of factors. But. It's it it is just interesting that it does come you know on the heels of all these extra protocol COVID protocols that the and sure. the, the NFL is is releasing as far as 
you know, and all the controversy involved with it or involved with it also. Yeah. I think player wise, you're going to see a lot that doesn't, or that might get disclosed or, or players having to come up with a reason around why they are retiring, but the front office folks that depart, which there have been multiple outside of the Raiders um, that might get kept kind of swept under the rug just from a, you know, whatever it is, right. Like the, the marketing of the team and, and different things like that, that come into play with their, their stigma. Stigma is probably not the right word, but I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Well, and Jalen, Jalen Richard, like is very outspoken about being against vaccinations in general. He was out with COVID. I think Theo Riddick was someone else who also was out with COVID at a point. And then obviously he ended up retiring. So it's very, it'll be very interesting to see where this goes, but you know, that, was also, you know, him retiring came off of the fact that he also just got cleared again to play after being out for COVID. So, right. Yeah. I, I don't know why we call him Richard instead of Richard, you know, like why can't we call last names like first names? Right. I think it's just really tough when someone has two first names. So, well, I mean, you can't trust him at the end of the day. So, so, so last thing that we, that we did have, Dan, did you have any thoughts on kind of the receivers? I know I kind of skipped through that a little bit, but any thoughts on the connections with Ruggs, Renfro, Edwards to DC? Well, I know that I cannot listen to a press conference with that, with Derek Carr or John Gruden without them mentioning Zay Jones. Oh. So <laughs> Zay Jones is brought up a lot. Does he fill the spot that Nelson Aguilar left? Edwards is your big guy. You know, Ruggs is outside. Renfro's Renfro. Who's who's their new Nelson Aguilar? Is that mm. uh, is that Zay Jones? Well, I think it's it's something to like. I think D, like DC is is kind of weird where it's like he has his his guys that he leans to, and then they they kind of rotate like for four snaps on Sunday, you know. But um, I think there's this kind of what Mike and I were were talking, maybe it was last week or just in general. But you have kind of John Brown, Renfro, Rugs that can really kind of play the same position. Renfro, I guess less, but mostly John Brown and Rugs where they move throughout the offense, just like uh, a Tyree kill, but you know, the, the Nelson Aguilar comparison, I think Zay Jones does have, I think he's a little bigger um, in that sense, but I, it might just be a crowded room. Like I'm not sure how he even really gets the, the snaps that he needs to really determine, determine that output, but Micah, any thoughts there? Yeah. Well, so I was kind of preaching it all last season or whatnot. And we talked about it a few times, but I feel like Nelson Aguilar kind of filled in um, what, uh, they were trying to really get rugs to do all season for the most part. And he was hampered with injuries and stuff like that. But I feel like the part of the playbook that Aguilar uh, kind of like benefited from was what they were trying to work rugs into. So I think we'll see rugs be that guy that, I mean, you know, that deep threat, that, you know, big play kind of guy. But I feel like with Ruggs's injuries um, with the issues that he had, he couldn't really, you know, get going after that Patriots game and Aguilar kind of stepped into that role. So I don't necessarily see Zay Jones filling that. I think we're going to see Ruggs start to kind of fill that void as far as what Aguilar brought to the to the table last year. Yeah, and it, it's just hilarious because I know exactly what you're talking about, Dan, where it's like all they do is talk about dudes that show up and, and work hard and, and, and like practice to the fullest extent. And then you're just like, okay, sick. And then they're just like, and they might get a couple snaps on punt. And you're like, excellent and zay jones had that touchdown against the saints so right but it but it's just like just call it what it is where it's like an overcompensation of not showing your cards which is like what we talked about predictability but i don't even really want to start start down that road so um so let's get into this so this is a it's, it's a mount rushmore so for those that are not familiar mount rushmore there are four former presidents that you know, we, not we, but basically the Mount Rushmore exercises, you're going to pick your top four and there's a topic. And so today's topic is it's a Mount Rushmore of things you yell at the TV during Raider games and specifically you and specifically Raider games. So everyone is going to get four choices. The thing about it is that because it's a draft, you, um, if, if one of your choices gets taken, you cannot um, add on to that and, and use your own. You have to remove it and choose something else from your list. So there is one rule. You cannot say a certain word, um, which I have been put on blast about saying too much, which is the GD. I'm not going to say it because we can't say it. Um, 
But outside of that, it's a snake draft. We're going to go. But before we go, I'm going to determine the order and it's going to be in this way. So I have my hands behind my back. You guys are not in person. We're over Zoom, but we're going to do it this way. So Dan, I'm going to say odd or even. Odd. Okay. It is even. Micah, you get to pick the order and I will distribute it from there. Okay. Um, I'm going to let our guest go first. Dan gets to go first. Okay. Andy, you're at two and I'm going to bring up the rear. Okay. So for snake draft, it's going to go Dan, myself, Micah, and then Micah again, back to me, back to Dan, and then Dan starts again, et cetera. You all know the drill. But there's only four in Mount Rushmore. Yes. Correct. So but four, four individual. So four individual ones. Yeah, everybody gets four. Okay, I hear you. This isn't Spider Man. Everyone. Uh, gets second four question: Who subscribes to this pod? Does our mo- our mother describe subscribe to this? Who hears this? Our mother is the one that that There's no. We're not going to name names at this point, guys. I think it's just bad press ultimately. But you know, I would I would say you're not far off with where you're going. So I think we're just going to stick to the script. I love you, mom. Nice, nice. Way to make that up, mom. I I cut everyone off. Um, we're gonna okay, figure out so, who her favorite son is this weekend. Well, I have ruined a few Thanksgivings, so she's, <laughs> she's heard it before. Well, we have Raiders Cowboys on Thanksgiving this year, Dan. So I think it's time that Mike and I step up to the plate. So all good. We'll revisit this with a Mount Rushmore of things we did say. During- <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, Dan, so number one, you are going to kick it off Mount Rushmore things that you say at the TV while you're watching a Raider game. All right. Well, after giving this some thought, this is the best time of year as a Raider fan. We have so much hope. So I'm going to keep it positive. Wow. When I watch a Raider game and they get a big play, my verbiage is go, go, go. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yes. First down. Yep. Yep. Wow. That's fantastic. That's a fantastic one, one. (laughs) That's one, one right there because it was all the thought of training camp and everything he's hearing. He's like, we, I knew this, this is how we're going to attack. Yes. Go, go, go. Yeah, baby. Very good. There's nothing uh, anyone says more when you see just a little bit of daylight and you know, he's going to get caught, but you're like, go, 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 go. (laughs) And then it's that it's, it's Marcel Aitman coming across trying to pick up that safety. You know, that's 28 sweep. It's fantastic. That's a really good start. Okay. I'm just going to do one. And this is more so for myself and probably my wife, but she, because Allie has actually adopted this um, where the Raiders can't get out of the huddle and you're watching the the play clock. I just go, 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 get on the ball, go on the ball like that. Like it's just like, we're, it's like 10, right? Like 10 is on the, on the play clock and they can't get out of the huddle. And, and it's just, I, I, I panic. So to the point where Allie on a, like, it was like a Bengals Steelers game. She's just like doing that also. So I'm going to say it's get out of the, get your play called and get on the ball. Basically that that's my pick. Sorry. When that happens for me, I get real whiny and go, hurry. <laughs> hurry. <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that, that's my pick. That's my that, first pick. That's fantastic. Cause that we unfortunately come across that many a times. It seems like. My first overall one is a pretty universal with every Raider game and with many plays. It's just, what are you doing? And whether that's calling the wrong play, whether that's, you know, uh, Jonathan Abrams, like biting on something and then getting burned over the top, no matter what it is, there's just so many, what are you doing? Screaming at the TV when, when something bad happens. So my second pick is going to be screen, screen, screen when it's third and 15 and, the Raiders are dropping back and the other team throws a screen to get a first down, which I feel like happens so many times, maybe not so much anymore, but it used to happen all of the time. Um, But just yelling out screen to make sure they really know what's coming, even though they can't hear you big time, like a player, like a coach fan. I feel like when you're calling out things like that, but screen, 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 number two for me. Yeah. Um, In in the same vein, I actually, um, I'm, I'm a big guy. Draw, draw, draw guy where, where the O-line releases or not the O-line releases that that screen, but it, it's the big, it, it's the quarterback comes out of the snap very high, right? Very high, very too far down. And then it's a draw see it every time. I feel really good about myself um, every time I call it, but I call it draw even at Buffalo wild wings, you know, for like a, a maxion game, it's like Tulsa against 
nobody, right? Um, I'm a big call the draw guy, especially against the Raiders. And it's usually seven or eight yards that we get gashed for. So Dan, you have back-to-back picks right now. I'm coming back around round two. All right. Well, when I was a little kid, I uh, made fun of this girl in my class who bit her fingernails. And now I constantly bite my fingernails 40 something years later. And um, one of our favorite people, uh, Paul Orlando would say, get him, get (laughs) him. And now I say that after making fun of Paul for saying that and a shout out to Dylan Orlando out there in Ohio. Yes. But after making fun of Paul for saying that, now I find myself saying, get him. Absolutely. So I'm going to stop you for a second because there's another layer of that, which is Paul's wife, who on all of our Orlando, Nikki Orlando, on all of our JV films and varsity films, she would record or be right next to the person recording, yelling, get him. So it, it, it stems all the way through. So has anyone said, what the fuck? Because I no. say that a lot during games. No, yeah. that was on my list as well, though. Yeah. No, that's I, I think that's the the universal one where we I think we all say it at the same time with our arms up in the air. So or I compliment it with a every fucking time. Yeah, that one. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, they go together. That's great. So Dan, let just for a recap, you have go, go, go. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. And then you have get him, and then what the fuck? Yes. Okay, those are your three. Currently, I have what is it? Uh, I had I had go go go, but more. Well, so you had get, you had like get on the ball. Yours was a right. get on the ball. It's I, a get on the ball. Yeah. And then yeah. also and then draw. draw. Yeah. Okay. Good. So this this one it was so I ha- I feel like I had the first one was more like the urgency, like what's going on. We got to we gotta get to this, and the second one was just like. I'm going to call what's happening, even though they have like, they can't hear me at all. Even if I was at the game, the third one is more of like the passive aggressive. I'm a Raider fan. And it's more so just that's so that's just so embarrassing. That's that's it. it, Okay. Actually what it is, that's terrible. That's, that's so terrible. And that, and, and what that constitute is DC throwing a ball or anyone. Okay. Mind you throwing a ball into triple coverage where someone comes down with it where it's a positive and everyone's excited. I'm like, that's so embarrassing. That's terrible. Like this just whatever. It never should have worked. Or like the fly sweep where the, the DN just crashes and every, you just see on the side of your TV, everyone going in and this guy just going up the sideline where they were so full. And it's just like, that's, that's embarrassing. That's so embarrassing. Or, or that, that Davis dude gets taken out on the two yard line when they try to do a fly sweep with him. That dude a lot of things. <laughs> oh, it's, it's where it's Kelsey like, being left wide open in the end zone. Yeah. Boys, this could fall into a lot of different, <laughs> <laughs> but where I just, Mount Rushmore's I, of, that's embarrassing moments. But, but, but what it actually is, it's like, it's the trickle effect of like, I'm so embarrassed as a Raider fan. I'm so embarrassed. I care so much. Now I'm a part of a podcast and now I punch holes in walls because of the Raiders and they're just an embarrassment, you know, and that's really what it comes out is this, this is embarrassing basically what's happening right now. So God love them. Right. Um, So that's my number three, Micah, you got back to back three and four. Yeah. It's my three and four. So for me, my number three, I think um, for both of you, this will resonate very well kind of comparison of, of watching the game with me. And that's just a PI call every single time. Every single time there's the balls thrown out to PI. That's it. PI holding. Yeah. PI not, not holding, but I'll call no, you, PI. You, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to stop yeah. you, Dan. You got to tell the story of just what it was like as a child, Mike and myself, and you just throwing us the ball, even just in a random game. Micah, Micah would just throw himself all over you before the ball would get there and then argue that it wasn't pass interference, mm-hmm. but on uh, the flip side, and- and now he's the expert on what pass interference is. I'm a very heavy PI guy, so <laughs> I will call it out instantly. And you know, nowadays football, there's a lot of times I'm right, but yeah, PI is a big, a big call for me. And and that's before the ball's even. The ball's halfway there at at best, and I'm calling PI. Yeah. So well, my version of my version of that is they're holding us every every play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A very underrated part of that is is when you go 
and pull the fake flag in your right pocket or left pocket. When you just throw that, you just throw the hand up. You're just like, PI, come on. Throw throw the invisible flag as if it's there. And then like storm off into the game. To sell your point in paradise that's 3,000 miles away from the game. It's like, this is going to get him. So, and then on the flip side of that, um, this kind of falls into play of uh, whenever the Raiders make a good play, but it's uh, where's the flag? Because you just expect that there's a flag every time the Raiders have a good play, whether it was something on defense where he made a, you know, a made a, they, they batted the ball away. It's like, where's the flag for pass interference? Or they had a big run. It's like, where's the flag for holding? So fourth overall for me is where's the flag. There's going to be honorable mention section, by the way, fellas. So I'm going to save mine for that. Um, One that actually is, is going to be my last. It's going to be the, it's the Jets game last year is is the perfect example where I'm never happy with the Raider game. And even when they win, I'm not always happy, which doesn't um, flow well throughout my, my household at times. Um, It's, we didn't deserve this. (laughs) It's, it's, we didn't deserve to win to the point where I'll chalk it up mentally as a loss, even though we won the game. I just, we we didn't deserve this. And I'll just go for a walk. You know, that's, that's it. Call back to Marshawn. Call back to Marshawn for sure. But it's, it's like, even like the Raiders have been good in their games that we won that I'm happy about. And there's certain games where I'm like, we didn't nice, not happy with it. So it's my last one outside of honorable mention. So Dan close us out. Well, I have two, so I'll save one for the honorable mention, but I talked about the big play. Go, go, go. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. First down. Well, on those plays where they score, mm-hmm. I lift my arms up and I'm silent Yes. And then as soon as I make eye contact, I give a big guttural and I violently slap hands as hard as I can. Yes. That's been one recipient of that. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great one, actually. Mm -hmm. Because you're you're involving the physical aspect of it, too. And just Mm -hmm. like all that, all those hateful things we've yelled all game just comes out in in Mm -hmm. joy. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start off honorable mentions. One of them is, is where I just root. I'm, I'm just like, I'm the guy, right? I'm so smart. Andy's like, I know we need to go for it here, go for it here. And they finally go for it. And I walk like 20 feet behind the TV crouched inside of a room and say, this is stupid the whole time. And like, put my like shirt over my face and then watch them go for it on fourth down. I do that a lot. Yeah. I, I had one that was kind of along the lines of your, like, like hurry up out of the huddle thing, but it was just more of just snap it um, because they're sitting on the line of scrimmage and DC is calling audibles and they're pointing and moving people around and there's six seconds left on the clock. And you're like, what the hell are you doing? Just snap it, snap it. Honorable mention for me is directed at the commentators of the football game. Oh, yes. I say, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Well, along those lines, I just, I usually just say, fuck you. Like, as if they're talking directly to me. I'm like, fuck you. What's the dude, Dan? Um, OG Monday Night Football guy. Dan Deardorff? No. <laughs> I hated OG. him for a long time. <laughs> Not that he OG. Hated the Raiders. He was Dan Deardorff or hated the Raiders? Uh, Al Michaels? No, it was. Uh, he hated the Raiders too. Well, he did. I mean, a lot of them did. I'm thinking it's like a last name is MC. MC, like Howard Cosell? Monday Night Football. How back? How far back is OG? Because I go back farther than you do. <laughs> That's why I said not that OG. Well, what we do is go back, Dan. Um, Along those lines, I I say like it's Richard, not Richard, because every announcer says Jalen Richard. Sorry, I'm looking this guy up right now. Um, there, no, okay, well, basically you know, the Raiders are the most penalized team for the last 18 years straight. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's no shit, man. <laughs> that, that, I say a lot of that. Um, no, there was one guy, sorry, Dan, there was one guy that we used to always watch. It was either Monday or Sunday Night Football, and you're like, this guy hates the Raiders. He hates him. Or he- Paul McGuire. Thank you. you MC go. is the last, okay, Paul McGuire. Thank you. That guy, he was an old Kansas City chief. He yes. never had anything good to say about the Raiders. <laughs> I, I didn't know what his name was. I'm like, that guy hates Raiders, and just because you always just say it. So there was another one where it's like we call, like, it's in the first quarter, and it's like our fourth or fifth play and we call a timeout with 22 seconds left and i'm and i just go every fucking time every fucking time we burn a timeout in the first quarter like and i just walk away that that's 
that was my R1. Or within like the first like six minutes of the third quarter, they're going to burn a timeout in there. Whenever, whenever you're point. not supposed to burn a timeout, yeah. that's whenever when we do. Least and convenient. it's the shot or not shot clock. The play clock is at the highest, like where we could actually have a full conversation of how to change a play. So the last and final thing that I say during the games is we shut up, Nate. I'm trying to watch the game. <laughs> that always plays. A kid can talk. He's just into it, man. But sometimes he's Paul McGuire and you got to put him where he's at. And we'll shout out to Nate too, because first year playing football this year, he's rocking 52 for the Khalil Mack. Always got to represent love. Mack will always, you know, sit in our hearts and, and we'll forever sit in Nate's heart as well. So, well, people forget that Nate's first glimpse of showing football skills was Khalil Mack and Grace after family pictures at Billy Park in the mud. So, <laughs> Khalil Mack. He actually yelled out Khalil Mack before yeah. he did it too. So, that was the best part. He, had a, he has a trigger word, just like everyone else. Um, so, the last thing I will leave you guys with thank you for the exercise. That was fun. Um, is the last time we went to, so our family's going up to Arnold. The last time we went up to Arnold, actually we confirmed Steve Wisniewski as a guest, right? So remember, if you recall, we were at the table and Micah was messaging Steve Wisniewski. So Dan, I'm going to ask you now that we have a larger platform, what Raider do you think should be our next, next guest? Like who would you want as our next guest? Um, and if it's John Ritchie, you could say it, but I love John Ritchie. Everyone loves John Ritchie. Who should be our next guest? And we're going to commit to getting him on the pod. Well, it could be anybody. And mm-hmm. I could pick lots of stars. Mm-hmm. But every time we talk to somebody, there's always some kind of um, personal backstory behind it. And I think a guy you could get is Greg Beaker because he yeah. coached Los Lomas High School. And we went down there and played those guys. Yes, we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We kind of put their dicks in the dirt. We did, and we should probably have him on just so we could talk about that game more than the Raiders. But you just know, that game. Tell him it's all about the Raiders, but bring yeah. that up. <laughs> we just want to talk about the Raiders, and then all we do is focus on that loss. Yeah, I, your interviewing skills, Andy. I'm sure all the listeners know it. It always comes back to you, and uh, how, at some point how you does. did with the uh, fifth grade Wizards, or how yep. you slapped uh, Wisniewski's hand and got a picture with them. Guys, you know, some it comes back to you a lot, Andy. Well, it, it's, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, Dan. So I sometimes just use the power to my own benefit and, you know, my own entertainment. So you watch film and I think that that shows. So. You might want to watch the uh, film of that Los Lomas game before that interview. I thought I played pretty well. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure we did because you put their dick in the dirt. But That's true. Um, yeah, it always, it always comes. I just, just a subtle jab, just right in the kidney. doesn't hurt too bad. You feel a little next day. So. Um, Greg Beaker then is uh, Greg Beaker confirmed. We are going to chase him down this weekend. Greg, as we know, you are listening to this. So just make it easy on us when we do reach out. So that's all I got. Micah, anything um, on your end before we kick out of here? Yeah. So just have one big announcement to make. We at the Raider Take podcast have officially signed a contract to be the exclusive Raiders podcast of the pigskin podcast network um it's a company called amaze media labs um they are pretty heavy in the hockey side of things with the podcast they are getting things going with opening up things on the football side so they want you know they wanted one podcast to represent every 32 teams we are their raiders podcast um i believe that will be starting as of september 1st so a lot of big things coming a lot of new things coming uh to the Raider Take podcast, but a lot to be excited about. Kind of uh, moving and shaking and and heading forward on some uh, some big things. So just wanted to put that out there. Congratulations. Yep. Dan, that's actually why we wanted to have you on here outside. Of- to celebrate with you guys? Yeah. That's right. So there's a uh, celebration party after this. It's virtual, so everyone knows what they're bringing. Be using my draft top. Perfect. Hell yeah. Well, we do owe you a draft top, so... I'm not going to say who that's on, but it's not on me. And hopefully he brings it this weekend. But um, yeah, very exciting. I think it's going to be cool for us. Uh, It'll expand our network um, and and growth as we've we've done this for less than a year, I think. So um, I think it's cool that we're getting to this point. And then um, 
I'm mostly excited, as Dan already mentioned, is, is the ability to go on different podcasts that uh, of teams that we're facing that week within the platform they provide us and really probably just take shots at the opposing team subtly. Um, and it'll be fun to, to grow our brand and, and get more merch. We got merch now, so there's that. You know, we have dog bandanas. Yes, we do, um, as you heard last week. <laughs> right. Super excited about that. So if you know any dogs and any bandanas, we got you. Yeah, go follow the new uh, Instagram account at Raider Take Podcast. In the bio, you will see um, the link for the website where all the merch is at. As always, we appreciate the love. Please continue to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Give us those five stars. And uh, yeah, continue to just keep supporting us. We appreciate everything you guys do. You know, we're looking forward to bigger and better things, uh, growing the brand and the opportunities we're getting to shoot to the moon. And last thing I will say, though, is, Dan, because we brought you on as this guest, when we announced it, it's contractually obligated by yourself and us as we signed the dotted line that you do have to come on on the Pigskin Network whenever we do ask. So just make sure that your calendar is open as the season unveils. I don't remember signing that contract, but. Well, you didn't. We signed it for you. Oh, it's, okay. It was whenever you announced this and, the, and there is a guest on there contractually obligated, so. All right. Sounds fine to me. (laughs) Right on. Well, hey, very exciting. Thank you, guys. Um, This is fun. We're excited for uh, training camp to unfold preseason to kick off three games this year. Greg Beaker, get ready. We're ready to talk to you only about Raiders, not about that Los Lomas game back in 2008. And Raider Nation, as always, stand up. Love you guys. Peace out, Micah. Cue the music. We'll see you all next week. (laughs) 